0: One hundred and eighty-five miles south. dot com.
1: Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty-five
0: miles south a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore. In fact, we're nailing down on a year. We're doing a Super 7 for the year 2006. Helping out. You know him. You love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sam. What's up, Dan?
1: Heading for the Dragon's Lair.
0: Also up and out. It is Ben Merlis, aka Ben Edge, AKA Bedge. What's up, Ben?
2: What's going on?
0: Also helping out. It is Central California Resident and straight up hardcore hero. It is Posy Chris. What's up, Posy Chris? Good afternoon
3: or morning or
0: evening. When whenever, whenever you listen Sunday. to this. Because we're available twenty four hours a day, fools. What's up? All right. Probably first Dude.
3: thing in the morning, like right when people wake up though, for being
0: real. Dude. If I stay up, so I have this thing to, like, automatically release usually at 1 a.m. PST, but I try to stay up until, like, midnight, and I release it at 12.01, so those are the true heads that listen at, like, 12.05, so respect. What's up? Um, 2006, this was a wild year. Um, I think it's the first year that Sound and Fury happens in Ventura, and so, yeah, but I don't know how to break down the year other than that. Personally, I have a lot of things... Involved, but I won't speak first. Ben, what's your take on 2006? All right, there are a few
2: things happening. Um, my band, Bad Reaction, that I played guitar for, put out our first record, <laughs> Symptoms of Use. Most importantly, most importantly, top top of the of the fucking agenda. Uh, no, um, Chris's band, in Champion, an-
3: in the annals of time, that is what we yep. will <laughs> look back on first. <laughs> That's it. They'll here he,
0: here he, as we talk about the year 2006. Bad reaction. Released their debut <laughs> LP upon the masses.
2: That's right. And uh, Chris's band Champion did a split with Betrayed and called it a day. And he also did a project called The Vows. Zach's band Retaliate proved that they are the best with a full length named after a Circle Jerk song. And Dan bought some sneakers. Apparently, <laughs> did. Yeah, a- a- chris, actually what year was oh go ahead oh i was gonna say dan maybe i'm i'm selling you short where did northern towns uh st- start at that point or was that a little later 2008
0: okay chris what year did champion do the final show 2006 Ooh, this is a serious year for you what what do you remember about this year and how emotional is that
3: um well, I remember, I don't remember if, so like the last few shows that we played, I think the second to last show that we played was Rivalry Showcase, which was super sick as well, um, down in uh, Petaluma. And then we played, like we played a show with the Geeks and Down to Nothing was like one of our last shows too. And then, then we did our last show in, I think, May of 2006. Um, my impression of this year Overall, um, you know, looking looking at these songs that we're going to talk about, as well as just thinking about that time frame, is is I feel like there was, I I feel like there were a couple things that were starting to happen. Like, I think like what people sardonically refer to as "amazing core" kind of started to really blow up, um, and then. Well, I think that's kind of like the, the the, big thing that I think about, you know? Um like rivalry was really kind of like hitting their stride.
0: Um and that sound was was getting pretty big. Well you have you have that popping off. You also have like fucked up starting. You have ceremony, first LP comes out, right? So you do have like this it's kind of like right now in hardcore how there's everything. This is kind of like the start of when that starts happening where I feel like in, you know, maybe five year blocks, if you're going to break hardcore up from 1980 to like, let's say 2005, you could kind of like say the majority of hardcore is doing this or the majority is doing this, you know, in all these like chunks of years, whatever you want to use, whether it's three years, five years, whatever. Right. But maybe right around here in 2006 is like the birth of kind of what we're looking at in the modern style where there's so many different lanes and so many bands playing in the different lanes well and having fan bases, right? Like you can be a fan of fucked up and all the rivalry bands and ceremony and terror and Brook and whoever else. And like, that makes sense where in like the years prior, you kind of like liked one scene or another. Do you think that's fair, Chris?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think the other thing that's kind of weird for me, like looking back at it is, uh,
0: I mean, you know, for
3: the few years before this, I was touring basically nonstop and seeing new bands every night, like all over the world. And then, you know, that stopped, like we didn't do any touring this year. Um, So, you know, really kind of going from having a super good pulse on everything that's going on everywhere, you know, when you're seeing new bands every night to going to just seeing Only Locals and, you know, the bands that come through, it's a pretty, I don't know, it's it's interesting to look back and and it feels like there's probably, like, a lot of gaps too in my um, exposure particularly because, I mean, the internet wasn't really what it is now, you know? Like, I think at the time probably MySpace was top of the heap and so, like, the best way to find out new bands was, like, clicking through MySpace you know, links, or like going to top eights and then clicking through other bands. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't nearly the easy, uh <clears throat> you know, it, it wasn't as easy and accessible as it is now.
0: No, and that's a huge thing that we need to touch on in the pod at some point. Uh, Stu's generation, so like the people that are right in their early 30s right now, like the MySpace thing was huge for them. Right. Like that was such an easy way to discover music. Like, you know, a band would put up their single there and then you could like listen to the other stuff. You could download one song. And again, like you're saying, it's like the old days of going in to like the thanks list of bands and seeing like who who they're thanking. And then like you're looking for their records. Right. Like that mm-hmm. MySpace top eight was like really like that for a for a generation of kids. And because it was such a small window, like maybe three years or something, it kind of gets forgotten. You know, and I think it is like it's very important to a generation of hardcore kids a lot, which are lifers now. So we should uh, maybe elaborate on that at some point a little more.
2: Yeah, the other other thing I wanted to mention that happened in 2006 is um, there was this like completely alternate hardcore scene of early 80s influence bands that were on labels like Sorry State, Grave, Mistake, and No Way and there's th- that scene has almost no overlap with the sound and fury scene. You know, it's like completely separate and that's kind of what we ended up playing in a little bit. Um, because we were an early eighties sounding band. And so, yeah, you get this like universe where like, I'm not really in the same room as Zach Nelson, even though we were in the same room three days a week, uh, five years earlier. So, um, and then the other thing is, uh, going back to MySpace is like there were like MySpace bands. Like there was like this whole thing of like swoop hair kind of like bands with names like December's Autumn's Ashes of Blood Bleeding Blood. And they were like blew the fuck up around this time and sort of replaced all the like wallet chain bands on the warp tour. So you have like a total changing of the guard in terms of, like, mainstream, I guess, for lack of a better term, mainstream punk music, you know? Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and another thing that that ties in is, this is when Pro Tools starts being, like, really accessible to people. People are downloading bootlegs of Pro Tools. Everyone has, like, high-speed internet now. You know, in the the last few years, people are starting to get high-speed internet. It's out there. People are downloading, like, home recording stuff, and then... It's very easy. This is like the first time, really, where you can just have an internet band, right? You can start a band, go record with your friend, put a song on MySpace, and you have a band and you've never played a show. Like, that's pretty insane in the history of hardcore at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, before, well, before, well, go for it. But there's a thing going on at this time period, too, which is the Google Blogspot Things. So you can actually go and find and research the most random demos and things from the past to enable you to, you know, plot your future in a way, if you're going to be recording music, but also just to be a fan of stuff. Um, but, you know, so that's one end of the spectrum. And then the MySpace top eight is the other end of the spectrum where you're just able to just dive in and the Internet is really helping you find all of this stuff that you have previously only heard of or have just been like someone's mentioned to you. Now you can go out and access it and find it quickly.
0: Right. People can like find stuff on their own without having to have a cool friend or brother or someone to show them stuff. Like Absolutely. you can really like self-discover now if you're a person. Um, want to dive in a little bit to my personal stuff before we kick this off. 2006 is a pretty important year for me, just because that's the year I moved to San Diego, and then also, In Control breaks up in 2004, in and I take about a year off from playing music, which was really weird, just because I was so burnt out and bitter and and just a weird mid twenties person. And I think that's such a a volatile age for kids that get into hardcore in like their teens. Like if you get into punk and hardcore when you're 15. When you're 25 or 24, you think you know it all. Like you feel like a veteran and all this, and it's like you're just a kid. Like you don't know shit. You know, you got a bad attitude and all that. And I took a year off from playing music. I never stopped going to shows, but it was just like something inside. I couldn't stay away from it. You know. And uh, so yeah, we decided to put Retaliate back together, which was a band that we did in the year 2002, and we just put out a demo and played a few shows, and that was a wrap. But 06, we put out our first record and never stop playing music ever again. So that's kind of interesting, like just having that year gap uh, in between In-Control Indian and the start of Retaliate. So that's that. We're going to do a Super 7 on the year 2006. Daniel, why don't you give the rules of the Super 7, say what it's about, and give the order.
1: Okay. A Super 7 is where we go in fantasy football style to go around in a round robin, picking one song at a time. If you pick that song, that song is then taken and no one else can have it, but they are eligible to take other songs from said band. Now, the goal is to make the best, most personal seven-song mixtape slash playlist. And later on, we will have the wonderful 185 Miles listeners who check in with us on IG, which everyone should, We'll have everyone vote on whose list they think was the best. And um, the order this week for 2006 is Zach first, uh, me second, Ben third, and Chris fourth.
0: All right. We should just say that if you guys go, uh, there's a playlist for every episode. So go to 185milesouth.com, click that playlist link at the top of the page, and you can see all the songs that we chose and listen to them. Because there's going to be stuff on every list that you probably haven't heard. And check it out because, you know, it's cool to listen before you vote and you might discover something you really love. So do that, handle business, and I will kick it off. Number one song of the year, 2006. You know what it is, fool. It's the Nardway by Retaliate. Let's break this down. Kicks in with a mid-tempo double kick just for Ben, you know, because he loves that double kick action. Then it drops. Zach comes in with that killer flow that is unmatched, you know? And then there's three best circle pit parts in the history of punk and hardcore. Okay. When Pennywise covers, uh, fucking stand by me. In the night. Yeah. When Pennywise covers, stand by me youth brigade, uh, sing with California and retaliate the Nard So we kick in to probably the third best circle pit part of all time. And then, we circle back shout out to kill your idols lift a line and in the song it's an opus but it's over in about 90 seconds so that's what's up best song of the year and we can go on to dan for the second best song of the year of 2006
1: all right well i'll just keep it going i'm picking born to lose by retaliate yeah um it it could have been this or three other ones i in the build-up to doing this pod i have spun this lp a lot and i am really enjoying it again i think this is probably the most clevo retaliate sounds um zach later on gets more of a more of a a laid-back cali flow it must be the san diego burritos or something he's uh not as punchy uh clevo in the delivery as he is on this lp but this song in particular it is so awesomely uh aggressive and open and the kids like us so good um it just It's such a unifying song with such a no hope kind of thing, even though the world belongs to uh, (laughs) people of the Nard as is stated on Zach's song. Uh, or No, that's on a different one. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) we're not all born to lose. The world belongs to us as well. Um, It's a fucking killer song, so I just thought I'd keep it going on because, you know, point being the best.
0: That's what's up. We'll move on to Ben for the third best retaliate song of the year.
2: <laughs> the third best retaliate song of the year is it's time. Time to understand by the first step. Um, that <laughs> is from, I knew you were going there. That's from the, what we know LP. And uh, these guys were like keeping the youth crew flame burning in that lean era between the late nineties revival and the late two thousands react records revival, kind of the same way that mouthpiece, was carrying it through the early 90s. Um, These guys are originally from North Carolina, but by this this point, they were spread out across four states and one Canadian province. So every show for them was a long-distance show. Ironically, I think they were more active during this time than when they had been living in the same town or state together. And then this album was produced by Walter Schreifels of Gorilla Biscuits, and he crushed it. This record is uh, and this song in particular sounds like they were and I know this is not I know these guys personally and this is not what they were thinking, but it is as if they said, all right, let's just make the ultimate youth crew record and include every cliche that goes along with the style, but do it so fucking well. No one can say shit. And importantly, they believed in what they sang about.
0: Yeah, this rules straight up. You know, like this stuff is dying out at this point. They're like the one big flag waiver of this like simple, straightforward, straight edge youth through hardcore. And dude, how can it not get better? You add uh, a ram to guitar, right? Is that is that who got added? Chris, yeah. did you join too? Hell no. Okay.
3: <laughs> 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 they never asked me.
0: Oh, that's Babies. fucked up.
3: Uh. I would have been psyched to do it uh, if I wasn't, I guess, starting college, but yeah, I Ram I ran, played with them.
0: Yeah. Everything about this rules, like the cover rules, live shot on the cover, band name, album name, you can never go wrong. And you know, like they just kind of got to live their dream, right? Like it's cool when, when good dudes do good music and then like to get to do the album with Walter, like, you know, they had to have been stoked. That rules so hard. And, uh, And also, like, respect to them for stepping up and doing a good LP, because this comes, like, maybe four years. No, their demo's probably 01, and they do a 7-inch shortly after, and I think they do a CD that combines the two, like, right around that time. But, like, they're a band that played a lot, and, like, they did not have a lot of songs. So it's, like, they, like, milked these eight songs for years and years, and, like, their stage show was, like, totally on point and all that. But it's like, can these motherfuckers write a ninth song or not? Like, I'm not sure, you know, and then they come out and blast you with like 12 songs. So respect to this band. This is a great choice, Ben. What's your take on this, Chris? Uh,
3: I am going to decline to give my comment on this song because I'm going to move along to my choice, which is another song from this record. I was thinking about shifting to another one since Ben took them. Uh, but let's just keep it going. Let's keep the love going. Uh, I mean, you guys said it all already. Great band, killer live, amazing people. Uh, I'm going to take No Way to Live. Uh, ripper of a song. Uh, the bass intro into the, like, there's a tiny little bass intro into the, like, almost like whispered listen. And then rips into the verse. Uh, the chorus is so sick. The With the speed gallop um Palm mute, taking it, taking it. Um, and then you even get like that kind of Gorilla Biscuits esque strangled someone in the background shouting out no, we live. Live! Out, of, out of the first verse. And then they revisit that after the second verse, or course, I don't remember, but um, <clears throat> must be the course. Uh, and then they revisit that and it's a, a more strong no way to live into the bass break. The bass break is so sick. And, uh, you know, it's, it's where Steven is doing the, uh, you know, kind of that buildup, like talk where he's crescendoing it. Here's a story about a guy. I knew the part is so killer. Instead. Um, yeah. I mean, tons of bands have, have done it since, but for sure. Uh-oh. lost my train of thought there but well, but gotta um, do instead huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they'll make the difference <laughs> uh, but yeah the whole, whole like that build up part into the, like the epic there's this last gang vocals that are like so like so big that I don't even really know what they're saying it just sounds like <laughs> um, but it's tight
0: <laughs> yeah, they hired the the strife dudes from One Truth. They're like, we got to get you for this part.
3: Yeah, exactly. A little bit less like a dog. They
0: and hired sounds Astro. sounds like 30 seals, 30 seals barking. Astro from the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Dan, we can't do the joke. We'll do the joke in May. <laughs> uh, Dan, I know. It's, sorry, Chris. It's something we recorded last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dan, do you have anything on this or should I move on to my number two?
1: I No, what I love about The First Step is that like Ben actually stated, they completely believe everything they're singing about and they live it. And yeah, lots of people have come at them saying, geez, like you're leaning in so hard on this and then uh, it might come off cheesy to some people, but unadulterated passion and love for something and doing it a hundred percent. It it means the world. I feel they just nail it. And this was a band that, yeah, they were using every trope ever, but those tropes meant the world to them. So I love it.
0: Yeah, it's like a love like the band is a love letter to the hardcore they love. And yep. I love that. All right, my number two, I'm going to take the band Iron Age and this whole album is spectacular the album's constant struggle it was hard for me to choose a song off this i thought about maybe waiting to take this in the seventh round just so it would get narrowed down for me that way but i'm gonna take it here because this album really is spectacular like i think that before this like era of hardcore generally if you had like longer songs your song sucked and this is kind of the beginning of bands being able to Songwrite in a way where you can do longer songs and they're still entertaining. You know, I and I think there's like a, a through line from this band to like an akulu today, you know? Um but I'm gonna take the song uh Return to the Void. I think it's the second song on the record, but like it just has like that classic uh Iron Age riff, right? Like, so groovy and so cool. And then like they add the scene over it and then they do like kind of a long ring out part, but like, there's just so much confidence. Like it's not getting boring. Like they're so good at songwriting and then it kicks into like a mid tempo part. And then they like change up that mid tempo part to like a different tempo. And they just, they do such a good job of like writing, memorable riffs and then like milking the fuck out of them like wringing all the water they can out of these riffs by playing them in different ways but it doesn't sound like they're they're lazy and out of ideas it just sounds like they wrote something dope and they're gonna like bounce it off your brain like in all these different ways you know i just i absolutely love it this whole record just flows so nicely all the way through no one really saw it coming i think it blew a lot of people's minds when it came out and uh I also think it still really holds up. Chris, do you have a take on this? Yeah, this rips. Um, The recording
3: is a little bit uh, like my only, only complaint is the recording isn't as burly as like a lot of stuff nowadays, but um, it's, it's great. Like the riffs are crazy. Um, I thought about taking a song off this too. and, And didn't just because I couldn't really figure out which song I wanted to take. So
0: it's really hard to nail down, you know, yeah. because they have like some like four and a half minute songs on here. And I was like, oh, I don't want to toss that on the playlist, you know? Yeah, and,
3: for sure. I th- but I they have like, like some, some the-
0: straight bangers too. Sorry, Chris, go ahead.
3: No, I, I was going to say, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like they don't, there aren't any standout tracks because they all just <laughs> rip. Like, you know, I don't know.
0: I think it's, it's like, like that. The, Akulu, it's like the Akulu record, where like yeah. every song is kind of a standout, but it's better as a sum of all parts.
2: For sure. Well, the elephant in the room is the similarity with Akulu. Is they're both very influenced by the AGs, right?
0: For sure, for sure. Although, like I think Akulu sounds more like the Chromags than this. This is like I don't really know what this sounds like. Like I guess I don't listen to enough like '80s heavy metal to know, you know, like, cause I would, I would just have to, I don't know. I I guess I don't know what it sounds like. So maybe it's just like, they're listening to older stuff and speeding it up, you know, like how the eighties heavy metal bands did, right? Like they're listening to shit from the seventies and like putting their take on it, you know, like uh, there's no like real hardcore through line to this. Although you're right, probably like crossover, but it's just a little different. It doesn't sound like, like cheesy watered down speed metal, you know? I don't know. Ben, what do you think it sounds like? You think it just sounds like the Crowbanks?
2: You know, the last time I revisited this record was about two years ago. So I, off the top of my head, I couldn't, I couldn't say like, I'm tempted to just be like, all right, pause the recording. I want to listen to a few songs and then I'll tell you what I think it sounds like. Cause I don't remember it really sounding a lot, a lot like leeway, which is a lot of this kind of New York influenced metallic eighties, type shit ends up sounding a lot like leeway and i don't remember it being like that so i i honestly i'd have to l- re-listen like,
0: we'll,
3: we'll do the like Kill 'Em all a little bit
0: that's what i was thinking but it, like that's like the closest but it doesn't sound like that either yeah. right it sounds like a different take on Kill 'Em all kind of so like maybe whatever metallica is pulling their influences for for kill Kill 'Em kill all like they're pulling the same influences you know because yeah that is the most similar i think chris what we should do is uh We'll do like their two LPs as a head to head or something, because it would be fun to break this band down a little more. And, um, and this this band is
2: important in the respect that they are the band that, w- at least Riley, maybe the other guys in Power Trip grow up going to see all the time, and then they start, you know, they start their own band, and Power Trip becomes this huge deal.
0: And 100%. Uh, yeah, so you can trace. It yeah, out and RIP RIP Wade as well, right? Yeah. So, okay. Um, Dan, do you have a take on this band or do you want to take your number two?
1: Um, they just, they made a massive, massive imprint on this era of hardcore. Um, coming out of like a very first step-esque world and then going into this. What a difference. I hear it being a bit more metallic than the mags, but shouts out, shout out to Iron Age. Now, my number two. I'm gonna just say that we have to sit back and laugh and turn off your brain. Life is so much easier without all the pain. This is the best criminal damage, anesthesia. This is not on Spotify, so I apologize, but seek it out, listeners you most of you will probably know this this is one of the best songs of all time let alone best songs of 2006 this is so catchy it is uh, a really good song about the the damage alcohol can do to you and it's uh it's it is like um blitz and I dare say even maybe a little Cockney Rejects, but also with a bit of obviously Portland, Oregon tragedy sound to it. It's incredible. Um, I think everyone on this pod will agree, but uh, you know, I'll hand it over to you. Criminal Damage Anesthesia, it is what I wish most songs could sound like.
0: (laughs) It's funny that like we're talking about, you know, like Iron Age having the through line to maybe a Kulu and, this definitely has like a through line to like the chisel, you know, although the the chisel is obviously coming out of like the UK stuff, but this is like, I don't know. This is like the only us band that like popped like this. I can think of from like this era and and all three LPs are great. It's so infuriating that this one isn't like on streaming. The second and third ones are, and they're all great. So, you know, people listen to the other ones or check this one out on YouTube. This is the best song off this record. It's uh the The very last song on this record. And yeah, they just sound like blitz with like wearing dirty, dirty jeans.
3: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. where were it's they weird from? How much
0: Portland? Oh, it's yeah. the, it's one of the dudes from tragedy.
3: It's, I was going to say it's weird how much they sound like tragedy and don't sound like, it. it's weird to say like how much tragedy you can hear it and in it and how much blitz you can hear in it. And like, if you explain that to someone who's never heard it before, you'd be like, wait a minute. What?
0: Yeah. It's because somehow like tragedy, they're able to get like a recording that sounds lo fi and bright at the same time. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the guitar tones and, and the leads I think too. Right. Yeah. I love, I love this pick. Um, Ben, let's go to you. Number two.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, As far as Criminal Damage is concerned, I was not aware of them when they were around. I learned about them after the fact, and I like them. So, good pick. They were definitely in my honorable mentions. My number two pick is Government Warning, the song No Moderation, off of their LP, No Moderation. It is a title track. Um, This band was from Virginia, and the owner of No Way Records, Brandon Farrell, rest in peace, was the drummer. And the owner of Grave Mistake Records, Alex DiMatessa, was the bass player. So they were like at the epicenter of this whole early 80s revival scene. And I remember buying the 7-inch at Sync with Cali Fest in 05 and being like, eh, it's okay. I don't think much of it. And then my bandmate uh, the next year, Nick Townsend, says dude, government warning rules. I'm like, I bought the 7-inch last year, whatever, it's okay. And he just played, and this is probably the the last era where anyone would do this, he held the phone up to his stereo and he played me a song over the phone, which is what everyone did probably until 2007. And he played me this song, the first song on the album, No Moderation, and like, just hearing it, it through the phone, just this shitty sounding thing through a phone, I was like... Oh my God, this band is like six times better than they were a year, even a year ago. Like, this is incredible. I just knew it. And the record itself sounds great. I just met through the phone, it sounded bad. To me, it sounds like this Connecticut hardcore band from the early 80s called CIA, which had this record called God Guts Guns. And I don't know if they're consciously trying to sound like CIA, but like, they're like mid-fast, snotty vocals, ripping guitar solos. It's all the boxes that CIA checks. It's very similar. Um, but I'm sure they had lots of uh, influences. And it's just a perfect sounding record. And the singer kind of has this zero-boys quality to his voice. Uh, and I got to see them and play with them quite a few times in, the, in that you know 2006 to 2008 window
0: yeah good band um I'm excited to check this out again I get a lot of these bands mixed up from this area from this like era like the direct controls and the government warnings there lots of like two word bands you know but yeah. uh I'm stoke, stoked he pulled a uh, a track <laughs> off this I'll check it out again
2: well a lot of those bands like okay when I was 20 and in the middle of that whole youth crew revival thing I would just buy anything that was Youth crew and i saw 20 year olds in you know 2006 buying anything that sounded like this kind of thing like the early 80s stuff but i was already like sort of like nitpicky so the, there're only like a handful of bands that were doing that that i can say like okay this is really good so i was you know i would have owned i would have bought te- like six times as many records had i been you know 8 years younger when when all this stuff was happening i'm sure of it
1: Ben, it's your cousin Marvin. You know that sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what it was.
0: <laughs> uh, that was great. Chris, do you have anything on this or you want to take your number two?
3: Um, I don't have a ton on it. Like, It's a band that I liked at the time, um, but never listened to a ton, so I'm I'm psyched to go back and listen to it again. What's your number two? My number two... I'm gonna take Bring It to Life by Betrayed. This is the best Betrayed song, in my opinion. And I'm gonna take the version from the split with Champion because I, I actually like that recording a little bit better. I, I just think it it feels a little bit more burly. Um this is a great song. It's melodic but moody. Like it it's just got like such a moody vibe. Uh the lyrics are cool. I'm gonna do a timestamp here. Uh, stay on brand, but uh, 132, uh it kind of starts the, um, not the breakdown, but like, like starts to break it down to what is the breakdown. And then at two minutes, Aram says something like, the hope inside, and then it just gets like totally quiet. And then he says, that saves your life. And then this riff comes in. And holy smokes, this riff is so sleazy. It's like straight up Black Sabbath worship, but done in with such a like Revolution Summer vibe. Uh love, I love this riff. I think we did a tour with them in Australia and they were playing the song. I think it was some of the first times that they started playing it, and I just remember like every night I would have this riff stuck in my head. Um yeah. Great song. The Hope Inside. Bring it to life from Betrayal. Hell
0: yeah. You, you know they got to step it up if they're doing the split with Champion, right? You know? But Dude, they, yeah, again... They totally it's, bodied us. It's <laughs> Todd taking a swing in another style and knocking it out of the park. <laughs> what do you yeah. expect? You know? You got to take on this, Ben?
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of the EP that came out the year before. Um, the split... Um, I just don't listen to it that much, uh, or the LP that much. But um, yeah, I'm a fan of B Trade. I'm I, I still wear their T-shirt on a regular basis. It it's God. What does it say on the back? It's got kind of like a semi-embarrassing, like youth crew kind of a slogan. And I'm like, I wonder what people think when they see me. It's like consequence. If I told you once, I told you a thousand times. That's probably not it, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wear it around and I'm like, God, people think I'm an idiot. But, but, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Betrayed. A good pick. I'm glad someone picked be- a Betrayed song.
0: That's why they're judging you, Ben, the shirt. That's fine. Danny, you have something on this or you want me to uh, take my number three?
1: Well, I like this song. I got a question.
0: Do you? Do you? Yeah. Nice stitch back. All right. Number three, I, uh, Dan, I gave you two rounds to take it. You didn't. So I'm taking terror always the hard way. Um, what can you say? Terror now? Like they start in like, Oh two. And it's 20 years later. They're like now a legacy band. They still bring the heat. They still blow most bands off the stage. This is their third LP, which is so hard to do. You know, I mean, two LPs for a hardcore band is really hard to do, but here they are and the recording on this album is great. The recording on the album, the second album was not the best. Maybe, um, don't know. There is a lot of drama. You can check out the uh, archives. We talk about it in the terror episode. Um, and also probably in the Nick jet and Scott Vogel interviews, but yeah, this is just a banger. You know, it's like terror. They're going to put out a record every couple of years. There's going to be fucking tracks, you know, you know, there's going to be some big hits on the record and this is one of them still in their set list to this day um very nyhc perfect <laughs> that bounce shit into like the mid-tempo can't go wrong it's super catchy vocals fucking swinging the hammer of inner strength right like one of the greatest lines ever is that that's the line right Hopefully, yes, I swing the
1: up. hammer of inner strength. I lo- also love the line: "I tasted pain; the gutter hugged me."
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's ill. But swinging the hammer of inner strength, get the fuck out of here! Like that—that <laughs> that had to feel good to write. Like ooh. So, anyway, uh, you love this, don't you, Dan?
1: Yeah, I'm really bummed you you got to it because this is the one I, I I wanted to take. Like, this is the one that i mean i was just chair marshing when you were when you were singing the riff yeah. like that's how good this song is um the lyrics uh shout out to scott vogel because these are maybe some of the best lyrics he ever has written like they are really good and they everyone who's listen who listens to terror or goes to see terror or even sees them for the first time, can find something to relate to in this song and can also be uplifted by it. Like this is one of those anthems for to drag you out of the doldrums and the, the you know the muck. This like totally gives you that titanium backbone, you know, uh amazing. And Terror I mean, if you watch Terror, you go, Oh my God, that is what a hardcore band should do. Every time I see him, that's exactly how I feel. And this song really encapsulates the greatness of terror.
0: Hell yeah. Chris, you got something on this, or should Dan take his number two?
3: Yeah, I'll just add, I mean, echo everything you guys already said about them being an all-timer. They're the band that you have. You can't not stage dive when they play. And this song specifically, I want to say they still play it. So, you know, how many records have they done? And they've got to be... Like coming up close on a dozen LPs, and and they still play this song. I think so.
0: Uh, if if you count Louis so a Low, they've done eight LPs. Damn. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, yeah. Okay, Dan, number two. I mean number three.
1: Um, I That was going to be my number three because I wanted to get it. So I'm going to choose oh there's either, there's two that i think I think everything else on my list will be pretty safe but there's a couple that might be up to up for being grabbed uh by others so I might i i should just take this now then um David comes to life by fucked up um this song a lot of fucked up has um waned in my estimation of it over time but this song has not this song is still incredible the riff yeah it's just so good uh david was a boy just a latch a simple means of birth oh so sick it's so catchy it's so uh poppy while still being relatively hard and it it will be in your head for days after listening to it like a couple times. It is that catchy. Um, Absolutely love it. Fucked up. We're touring a lot in this time and, you know, we're doing, you know, basically being like touted as the next big thing out of hardcore across the, across everywhere around this time, maybe a year later after this, but, um, they definitely were the hype and um, some of that hype has waned, but this absolute gem of a song cannot be discounted along with maybe feelings of them not <clears throat> holding up as much. This song does, and I urge everyone to listen to it. It's fantastic.
0: I mean, the hype is maybe waned, but it's because they they can like play the punk rock bowling circuit, right? Or they can play like the fat record shit now, right?
1: Yeah, or even like open for things like Vampire Weekend or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, shout out to Damien for uh, being the catalyst of this podcast. Ben, do you have a take on this or do you want to take your number three? Um, this actually happened
2: 10 minutes ago. My the guy who was my roommate in to the year 2006 texted me. Do you like fucked up? I responded. No. And he goes, me neither. Can't figure out the fuss. Um, but, uh, 2006, my band broken needle played with a couple shows with fucked up, uh, in Southern California. And it was fun talking to the singer and about the most obscure hardcore, you know, he's like, I can't believe I'm in Southern California. Do you know about this band, this band, this band, this band? I'm like, fuck this guy from Canada knows a lot about music. And now he has a podcast and he punishes his guests every week with, uh, that kind of, um, yeah, minutiae. And um, was never really a fan. Uh, I saw them play with Municipal Waste. And this is around the time Municipal Waste was starting to blow up. And uh, people were really into them. Um, Their fucked up songs are too long. That's just my opinion. I don't know. They're kind of like mid-tempo. Their songs are too long. Then they got really, really weird after this. But uh, all right, enough shit talk. My number three pick is the song universal peace by the band lion of judah off their lp universal peace and um these guys are from maryland and they kind of like to describe them to someone who's never heard them like imagine if the songs by the sheet, the sheet music for the discord band ignition was handed to the band burn. And they were like, all right, play this in the style of burn. So it's kind of like the best of DC and the best of New York city, kind of like Swiss mixed with one Oh eight. Um, and this was recorded at inner ear studios by Don Ziantara, where 99% of the records on discord were made and has like lots of tempo changes and not just that basic ass fast part going into the breakdown it's like really you know interesting tempo changes throughout the songs and um the lyrics have kind of a spiritual bent to it and but i don't know if any of the members of the band subscribe to like a specific religion and they're kind of part of this whole no justice desperate measures worn thin Trapped under ice. True head. Give family tree of bands. So this it's kind of like this, you know, click of people in Maryland who did tons of bands all throughout the years. And I think I I'm a bigger fan of Lion of Judah of Judah than the than the other bands that they've done, um, which is saying a lot because they were in a ton of bands.
0: Yeah, the Brad dude was in this, and then worn thin, and then trapped under ice, and now in Angel Dust, I think. No, I now think that's in the demand. through line. What's that?
3: Now in demand.
0: Oh, shit. In demand. Yeah. What's
3: up? Who's now on Spotify.
0: Yeah, that's right. And they're a great that band, was... too. That um, rules. Yeah. I, I never give this a chance because, you know, being a dumb person in 06, I guess I was just like, eh, like white foos doing the spiritual thing. Like, I I was living in PB at the time, and I was just like, oh, I can't stand another white guy reggae thing, you know. It's like this is the worst. You go into a bar and it's a bunch of white dudes playing reggae, you know. It's like I I don't want this in hardcore. So yeah, you I love never, Sublime. Yeah, I do love Sublime, so but that was in the '90s, dude. It was different. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to check this out because Ben, you've you've written for this band like several times. I've heard you talk about them, and you have pretty good taste, so. I'm excited to hear a choice cut off this. And again, like I like all the other stuff that these, these dudes have done like the other bands. So it's silly for me to not given this a chance the first time around, but Hey, what are you going to do? Chris, what's your take on this?
3: I like it. Uh, like it a lot. And, uh, I think members have also gone on to like, uh, like war hungry. One of the dudes was in war hungry. Um, yeah, but, cool band we played a bunch of shows with them back in the day um they're always awesome good live nice people um i want to back up a little bit though i didn't want to jump in on ben but uh and and you know jump all over the the audio as we often do um and then zach gets frustrated and uh, we have to pause and he has to
0: lecture us Uh, (laughs) 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 and here's chris with behind the curtain (laughs)
3: A little sausage making for you all. Um, But I want to talk about Fucked Up a little bit because I was actually, my next pick was going to be David Comes to Life. Uh, This is my favorite Fucked Up record. Uh, Dan stole it from me. Uh, It's the only song on the record that's not like seven minutes long. Um, It's an exaggeration, but I mean, I think there's a couple that are like three minutes, five minutes, but such a great like mid-tempo, street punk song. I mean, it's just, it's so anthemic. I remember, like I heard some early fucked up stuff and I thought it was cool and then didn't really hear them for a while. And then one day, like I walked in and I was listening to a lot of like Oi at the time. And I walked in and my roommate was listening to this record and I was like, what are you listening to? Like, this is really cool. he's like, oh, this is the new fucked up record. And I was like, "All right, I need to revisit that stuff." Um, but I love this record. It does does get weird. The songs are really long, but it's a uh, you know a lot of the songs I wouldn't want to put on a playlist just because it you know it'd be like half of the playlist uh, of the Super Seven. But um, it's a great record. Put it on when you're driving and just listen.
0: Hell yeah, Chris number
3: three. I'm gonna change the vibe up a little bit here. Two words for you. Fucking drunk. I'm taking Slumlord's Drunk at the Youth of Today reunion off of the On the Strength LP. Uh, I think the song originally came out maybe on a seven inch before this, but uh, I'm putting it on my list because this LP came out in 2006, according to, according to Discogs. But I don't know about you guys, but I've had a bunch of stuff that I've like looked at and it'll say one thing on Discogs and another on Spotify. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, Drunk at the at the Youth of Today reunion show from Slumlords. A little secret that I don't tell a lot of people, but now I'm going to tell the world apparently right now. So secret's out. I actually like Slumlords more than I like Breakdown. Um, they're just such a fun band. Uh, s- lyrics are funny. A lot of like just catchy, like sing alongy stuff. Um, This song in particular is my favorite. So probably the first song I heard from them. My favorite. It's a ripper. The lyrics are hilarious. It's about being drunk at a Youth Today reunion show, and maybe also about how some of the members of Youth Today might be drunk there too. Um, (laughs) There's a lyric. I think is maybe a shot at them, I don't know, but it's like opportunistic perpetrating a crime. Had to see YOT one more time. And then just like a, a sick breakdown. I love how he, he kind of goes back and forth between his normal voice to like hit the occasional like capo growls on the song. And he doesn't like overdo it to make it kind of like a I don't know, like a cheesy uh uh I don't knock off of it, but he just does it enough to make it kind of funny, but it also sounds really cool.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, Dan is upset that you didn't choose the song beer goggles off this album. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm upset you didn't choose involuntary skinhead shout out to the, the people that went bald young. What's up? And I'm
2: upset. You didn't get, you didn't pick Lester bangs. I want to know about, I want to read the lyrics to that one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if it's on this record, but I always will be walking the dog, singing, singing along, walking the dog, walking the dog, walking the dog, (laughs) which is the actual lyric. It's great.
0: What's the dog's name? This is a beer drinking dog off the AF comeback record. Toby? Yeah. Is that it? Toby, the beer drinking. I got to look it up right now. Polly. Polly the Pauly. beer drinking dog. He's Polly the beer drinking dog. So good. All right. Well, good choice. Let me go on to my number four. Oh man! I don't know. <laughs> Let's keep it beer drinking. I'm going street dogs. Toby's got a drinking problem. I love this song and. It reminds me of my time in PB also. So it ties into this era. Moved to PB. We used to play this song on the jukebox, and this is so silly, but like, you know, just say whoever else's name, you know, where we're drinking at the PB pub. So it's like Charlie's got a drinking problem. Whatever. Ben Edge has got <laughs> a drinking problem. It's so good. Um, I love that first Dropkick Murphy's album, The Do or Die. And this singer, he leaves the band after that, and I don't really like anything after that. Um, And then I don't really like most of Street Dogs. I don't know why. Like, I should. This guy has one of the best voices ever, you know? But here they lean into it. This song totally could have been on that first Dropkick LP. So catchy, so good. And yeah, that's all I got. Dan, have you ever heard this before? Yeah, yeah. uh,
1: I, um like you know love do and die so you know i've tried to get into street dogs as much and it just is too this may be crazy but just too scally cap it's like it's just too much over that hill like it leaves the oi and it just is like outlaw music or something you know
0: yeah. But, and I think that if that's your knock on it, like this is like, you're wearing, you're drunk and you're wearing three scally caps, you know, <laughs> like th- this is like them, but sometimes, you know, it's like, if you do something on an eight, it can be like too much. But when a band goes all in and does something on a 10, you know, it's like, okay, that works. Right. Like th- I think that's kind of why like tsunami worked so well. Right. Like they just turned it up to 11 and it's like, all right, I'm on board with this. Right, where if they like would have only gone up to like seven or eight, it would have been like, oh, this doesn't really work. Like, you know, they had to go all in, you know, and this song definitely goes all in. So I love it. Everyone check it out on the playlist if you haven't heard it before. Chris, did this ever come across your your palette?
3: Yeah, uh, the first record I listened to a bit, but like I think Dan's explanation of it is kind of was kind of my vibe. Like, do or die, I love maybe. Maybe the best American Oi record ever. Um, but this uh, Street Dogs, it didn't scratch the same itch for me. It was a little bit, um, I don't know. I guess too scally for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> there were a couple songs I liked, but, you know, it didn't hold yeah. the same. Uh, this song is special. good, though.
0: You got you got to go track digging with street dogs. You got to go track digging because that's the other thing is like they put out like seventeen thousand albums.
1: Yeah. Do Do you know what? That's a probably a pretty good topic that we should attack on a on another pod is what's the best American oi album and like have a little debate on that because that's a do or die is a really good shout.
0: Dude, and also, <sighs> skinheads on the rampage. That
3: has, like, two good songs on
0: it, though. You're tripping, dude. I I love that whole album. But we we talked that one. But, yeah, we should talk about American Oi. Um, okay, Dan, number Wait, four. I want to talk about Street Dogs. Oh, I, I would never would have thought you wanted to talk Street Dogs, Ben. My bad. Go ahead. My, Mike McColgan is a great guy. He lived
2: one block away from the grocery store I worked, so I'd see him every day. Because when you live one block away from a grocery store, you buy three things at a time every single day. And he was very, very supportive of my band, Bad Reaction. At the time, we played with Street Dogs at the Casbah in San Diego. Never was a fan of their music, I confess. They kind of remind me of later Bouncing Souls. Like I love early Bouncing Souls, but this reminds—they remind me more of like the records that Bouncing Souls themselves were putting out around 2006. Um, but I, I, I miss Mike McCulgan, and doing this makes me want to get back in touch with them. So maybe i'll do that he was a firefighter at the time in la
0: that's why he left dropkick was because he he wanted to be a firefighter full-time and then he got that itch and he had to do it again and he wrote a perfect song uh, in the year 2006 called toby's got a Dreaming problem you should check it out also the last song on this album that uh oh never mind that's uh, i'm thinking a different dropkick song fuck it (laughs) all right dan number four
1: hey yay hey yay In 2006, I went to the grocery store and rubbed elbows <laughs> with the street dogs. <laughs> you no,
2: know, we were friends with him outside of that, but it was fun to see someone I knew, I already knew, like every day. We Did you totally buy the block team We ran
1: Gelson's. We ran Gelson's <laughs> across the street from
2: Gelson's, Trader Joe's.
1: <laughs> All right, my next pick. Pack your fists full of hate take a swing at the world what an opening line cursed by ceremony uh if you see ceremony play this still to this day there are people flying from (laughs) they didn't start on the floor they didn't jump off the stage they're coming like from space like this song makes people go absolutely mental and it as it should um it's not a very long song, but it, God, it is such an impactful song. I, I mean, i the lyrics are so good. Pack your full of hate, take a swing at the world. These kids stick to themselves, carry angst in their words. Where we'll never be a part of this cursed fucking town, so we stand amongst ourselves and watch it burn to the ground. The end. So good. Um, the music has this crescendo building start and it just erupts like i said like when you see it live but it erupts like if you listen to it on the playlist it just like builds boom and then just takes you in the mudslide down to the bottom of the mountain it's amazing um highly recommend everyone listening and loving this song Dan yeah, I think there
0: might be in. some people bent that this uh, didn't get picked until round four. I thought this was going round one for sure.
3: Well, I think the reason I didn't take it earlier, this song came out like the like the Slumlord song I picked. This song came out before this, right? Like it was on the 7-inch and then was re-released. So I thought maybe it could sneak in there, but I was going to take this song. Next, literally, just like I was about to take that fucked up song. Next, literally, when Dan stole it, <laughs> the man—the man who shakes the dice and determines the order—and
0: we—and <laughs> and we, uh, we send the next question to Jeremy Lux. Uh, how many songs are on the uh, first ceremony LP? <laughs> Fuck!
1: Shout out, Jeremy Lux, you loser!
0: <laughs> Two times. That third gotta, one's gonna be rough, dude. When he comes out with nothing to lose. <laughs> you know, Chris, what are you going to say?
3: Just to add, to I mean, Dan already spoke on the song. But, I mean, what a powerhouse of a band they've always been. But, like, out of the gates. Uh, th- I was talking earlier on this pod about we played Rivalry. Showcase was our second to last show at, uh, I can't remember the name of that theater. Roseland Theater or something like that in Petaluma. Phoenix. Phoenix, it's a huge theater. I mean, what do you think it fits like thousand people? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean,
3: AFI like play used to play there, right? Like that. Was yeah,
1: bad. and uh, Anthony did that Homesick
3: there a couple of years in a row. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this place is this place is a big place. Ceremony opened it. They didn't play on the stage; they played in the lobby, like while like. They, they opened up the show and they played in the lobby. There wasn't a 1,000 people there yet, but there was probably, I don't know, 300, 400 crammed into this little lobby that was, like, you know, maybe, like, could fit 100, maybe 50 comfortably. And it was, like, insane when they played, like... Uh, we we had just got like a box. I remember we had just gotten a box of merch, and I I had to like unpack it and like put it set it up on the merch table while they're playing. And so I wasn't in there watching them like when they first started, but it was like so I was just outside of the the lobby, and like kids were like screaming the lyrics. Like it, I mean, you you just heard everyone in this room shouting, "Pack your face, fall away! Hey. and. <laughs> you're in this big ass room that holds a thousand people and there's no one in it except for like me and my girlfriend at the time. We're unpacking (laughs) these merch boxes and literally everyone else, you know, all other 400 people are crammed in this little room that holds, you know, maybe 80
0: people. And uh, it was, it was wild. Yeah. They connected like right out the gate, you know, their set at sound and fury this year in Oh six is like, It's got to be considered pretty legendary. Like, it was out of this world. It was a set of the weekend, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, like, this band, they connected with people on a very visceral level. Like, it seemed like it wasn't just people going off, it was like cathartic for them to go off, right? Like, there was this band just resonated. It hit a weird wavelength for a lot of people. And it's a really good LP. Like, when people do like this music that like borders on power violence or whatever and they make it palatable it's like great hardcore and it's very hard to do you know um but yeah this lp is great it stands up and yeah they're there's a really special band you know dan you took the whole ride um
1: oh, absolutely i love everything they've done and um maybe one year after this they play sound of fury And they open, like they don't, they play crass speaking before they start the set. And just the, just the sample of that being played, people are like side by side, like going crazy stage diving. They haven't even hit a note yet. Like that's how much in this era, like people were dying to see them. But I absolutely love everything they've done and you know they people can put it into boxes whereas like the zoo is like their wire record and l-shaped man is their joy division and the most recent one is their devo as influence washes through the songs but god they write great songs period regardless of what you're trying to box them in they shouldn't be boxed in they're a great band
0: Ben, do you have anything on uh, Ceremony, or you want to take your number four?
2: We, uh, I think both my bands, Bad Reaction and Broken Needle, those were the two bands I was in in 2006. Played with Ceremony that year in different cities, and yeah, they kind of. There's like three band hardcore bands that really borrowed kind of Joy Division imagery and vibes, and like all three of those bands had these like kind of cult like fanatical. Fan base, and that would be unbroken, American Nightmare and Ceremony, and I don't think it—I don't think it's a coincidence that like they're all tapping into that Joy Division thing, and I mean, not sound wise, but image wise, and they—they uh, they elicit that sort of response from people. I am a fan of the Ronert Park LP, and I'm a huge fan of the In the Spirit World now. LP, which is their latest one, and I'm a fan of the band Spice. Not a fan of this early stuff, Um, but I am going to pick for number four, um, the band Step Forward. The song is called Boiling Over, and it's from the 10-song EP. And so Step Forward is from Boston. They're a Chris Corey band, and Chris Corey is kind of like this he's like this cottage industry of like bands. He's just like cranking out bands the way other people would crank out records. Um, He's done a million bands and he has this tendency to really mold them in the style of a very, a very specific things kind of like historic historical reenactment. Like he has this band magic circle that sounds like black Sabbath and he has this band, no tolerance that sounds like confront but step forward to me doesn't really sound like anyone else from the past like it's it's youth crew but it's too fast and maniacal to really be youth crew it almost sounds like the fast parts of early dri mixed with the heavy parts of ssd and then the youth crew song structure and so in this song i like how the verses have this kind of alternating back and forth thing where it's like two measures of that you know uh Tom beat tribal youth crew do do da do do dot and then two measures of digga, 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 like like uh like uh scissor beats and then it just goes back and forth back and forth and it's like it, it it's like it's a good formula because you can't get bored of it because it keeps changing itself up and it also doesn't sound glued together. Um, and I don't know. This was kind of I don't know how active they were. They only did like two EPs, and I don't I don't think they toured the West Coast, but this was one of those things I was like, Oh my God, there's still bands doing like really fucking angry, fast, hardcore in, you know, 2006 and sort of outside of that whole, no way uh, records, early eighties vibe thing. It's a little bit too mid to late eighties sounding to be part of that whole thing. So do any of you guys know about this band?
1: Oh yeah. This, uh, I, I pretty much like everything he does. Uh what not only everything he does in regards to music he makes himself but also the records that he puts out on his label. Like just a really smart deep corman, you know, and uh yeah, I'm I'm psyched you picked this.
0: Is this on Spotify, Ben?
1: Yes, it is, thankfully.
2: It's I'm totally so- one of those things that I was surprised that it is on spotify
0: yeah i mean if he's a record label guy he's got to have like an archival mind right so it would make sense that it's there uh you know the pod loves stop and think so shout out stop and think shout out clevo and uh yeah i'm looking forward to hearing this chris you got to take on this or should we go to you for your number four
3: this is another one that i listened to at the time and i liked it but i never really listened to it a ton so again excited to kind of listen through these songs and uh, revisit some of them. Um, I'm just gonna save this is going to save the song for last because, uh, I knew that none of you would pick it, but, uh, because Dan stole all of my songs, I'm already like at my last song that I have stuff like prepared for. So I'm going <laughs> to pick some songs and like, uh, ad lib it or just say band song next. Um, all right, I'm gonna take have heart, Watch Me Rise off of the things we Carry. This is the song that actually says the things we carry. not a title track, but uh, the title comes from this track. This song's so sick, like straight out of the gates, it busts in with a Goddamn, like just super intense. I promised myself I'd never feel this fucking way again is the opening line. And it's so intense. Like there are a few songs in the history of the world that start out as intensely as this song does in my opinion. And the song is just an epic journey. Like there is, I think probably one of the defining pieces of this song is it has this big, so there's a part at the end of the fast part where he, where Pat yells, born this way, die this way, and then there's like a ring out. And then it's a really long ring out with a really long, slow buildup. Um like a bass build that rivals it might even be longer, but it rivals the the etu Et brute build-up in in the Siv Song Etu Et Brute. Um and then just busting out of it. It's so epic. Like, you know, he, he screams, watch me rise. And then there's a break and there's like no music. And he says, with the things we carry. And then like I, this, I, this song's just epic. Like unbelievable song, crazy lyrics. Like this song is definitive, have heart to me. And is probably like, for me, the apex of the The whole sound that becomes amazing core,
0: yeah, I mean, they're a band that people like, uh Dan, do you have anything on this?
1: This is my favorite have heart song. um I don't like a ton of have heart or I mean none of it is dislikable, none of it, but a lot of it didn't grab me. This song does grab me and it has a very turning point vibe. Um, I do love that um, that part where Chris talks about where he yells and then it it just uh, it does the ring out and then he yells that uh, bone this way or oh, I can't remember what the words are uh, and then the bass just starts creeping in and its it just it, it builds really well and it, it it's a it's a really good song.
0: I'm excited to have someone like plug a track because I've tried multiple times to get into this band and I've never really been able to, um, but obviously <clears throat> one of the most popular hardcore bands of all time. So Jesus Christ. Um, okay. My number five, I am going to take the band, the Lawrence arms, the song like a record player off their LP. Oh, Calcutta. Uh this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time is Dillinger 4, and this band is kind of in the same lane on this record in the way that it's like melodic-y pop punk, but pretty original and very YOLO. Um, I'm not a big fan of like their albums that came out before this. I think they're just kind of safe-sounding pop punk. They're okay. Maybe if I... Maybe people like connect to the lyrics. The the, peop- the two dudes that write, they seem like they're good lyricists. But this record, one of the dudes, I think it's a bass player, his voice is just like so shredded that it sounds wild on like a pop punk record. And it just gives it that YOLO feel where like they're not trying to be like a pretty band. They're not trying to write perfect sounding songs that like might, you know, connect with a larger audience or whatever. It's just this album just. Oozes like sincerity. The lyrics are great. That dude's vocals are wild. And they juxtapose nicely against the other guy that has like a softer voice. So it's kind of like, you know, like in Dilger 4, everyone sings. Like in this, like, there are those the voices are more extreme. Like there's a more extreme difference in them. The way that like in D4, like there's a couple voices that sound a lot different. So yeah, I'm excited to get this on the playlist and have people check it out. Cause it's like a fat records band and you know, so maybe a lot of people never checked it out. And like, it's daunting to like know what to pluck for like fat Records stuff in like the mid two thousands or today, you know, but this is a band that has a lot of merit. Um, I did see them live once and I thought they were terrible, but <laughs> that was, it was very disappointing, you know, because like, well, they're a three piece and like the bass player, like he stops playing to sing a lot and it's like, Dude, you either got to get a second guitarist or you got to play. You know what I mean? Like, just make the choice. Um, Yeah, that was disappointing. Because, like, Dillinger 4 is, like, insane live, you know? And these dudes were just a bummer. But, hey, I love this record. The records that came before, not a big fan. The records that came after, I like them more than the records that came before. But nothing touches Oh This LP bangs, like, the whole way through. So, Everyone, if you like this track, this is the last track on the record, check out the whole thing. It's worth listening to. And uh yeah, I don't do you, any of you have anything on this band or should we shoot it to Dan for his number five?
1: Well what I like about them is is the how gruff and dirty they are in in that genre. Do you know what I mean? They have like you've turned me onto this, so I, I've listened to the Oak Alcutta record a few times from your recommendation and I I like that the gruffness that this band has in within the poppy genre, you know?
0: Yeah. I just think it comes off more sincere because it's like, they're not trying to have a hit, right? Like they know who they are. They're just trying to write what's true to them. I don't know, you know, because so many bands of this genre, it's like, I think they're trying to, you know, I mean, like there's nothing wrong with doing bands for a career, but like, you know, they're trying to be a, a fucking pop band. You know, like there's these, none of these songs are ever going to be hits because like that guy's voice is so fucked, you know? It's kind of like if, you know, like it's very Wes in a way, you know? And like to have like that kind of voice, like on a pop punk record is kind of, kind of fucking weird and pretty cool. So that's all you got. Dan, what's your number five?
1: Well, Chris, I'm sorry to do it to you again, but I am taking a song that if you didn't, you might not know it came out in 2006. If you did know it came out in 2006, it'd be on your list, and I'm taking it right now. It's called This One's for the Lads by The Down and Outs. Ooh. This is off the Forever Punk 7-inch, and this is such a good song. Um, It's got the catchiest, like... Um, call and response between the two singers uh this one's for the lads, this one's for the lad's right on the right on the heels, uh Mark sings first, then kev, and they go back and forth, and it's just amazing, and it just makes me think of all my friends back in Manchester, like you know Bordy, gav Bolly Poi smart, etc, that we would all go see down and out and just jump all over well actually probably not we old man it in the background singing along in our own space uh singing this one's for the lads because this really is this is this is what it all boils down to this one's for the lads and it it by it being this one's for the lads it's not uh exclusionary and and misogynistic and uh patriarchal it's just about this one is for the crew is essentially the um translation of that like this one is just f- for the fucking crew that hangs all the time is what it means
0: that's a shout out to their favorite la 80s street punk gang
1: that too uh, but we don't shout out to dog killer messiah <laughs>
0: Yeah, we don't shout out a dog killer when we we'll see us. That's Different what
1: gang, <laughs> I know. Circle one.
0: We know, dude. But it's yeah. cool.
2: I listen oh, to the Lawrence. Yeah. I listen to the Lawrence Arms and the Down and Out songs back to back, and they're very similar.
0: Oh, like you did it right now on mute.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ah,
0: so yeah, I mean, like they're those tropes, right? That all the melodic bands are going to use. Like, oh, the guitar goes by itself with like the singer singing. And then it all kicks in and there's a catchy chorus. The the one thing I didn't mention though, about that Lawrence arm song that I love is on the second verse. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a tambourine and like, what the fuck you're adding tambourine, but it like really works. It just adds oh, some it. Yeah. It adds some great sizzle. I, I haven't heard something like that before.
1: Northern town, like that tambourine me. all over it.
0: <laughs> I got to pull out my 10 inch dude from my shameful 10 inch section. <laughs>
1: Chris, what do you think of this song? And Have I Broken Your Heart Again?
3: No, I liked the 7-inch, but I it, it wasn't my go-to for them. I, I'd always go to um, the, the LP, so I didn't uh, become as accustomed to and uh, I guess as familiar with this stuff.
0: Yeah, the LP Ben's has good. enough songs to last a lifetime.
3: <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> ben, let's go to you for your number five.
2: All right, I'm going to stay in theme with the mid tempo melodic punk music vibe, and I'm going to pick Marked Men. The song is called A Little Time, and it's from their LP Fix My Brain. So, this band was from Denton, Texas, and they busted their asses for a good six years, releasing four LPs between 02 and '08. And they didn't gain a ton of popularity until they were breaking up. Like, I didn't know about them until around the time they were breaking up. And um, now they're, like, a full-on cult band. They're, like, seriously people who are, like, marked men. Um, I guess you could call it pop punk, but it's, like, really tasteful. And I could see them being a lookout records band had they come out a decade earlier. So it's, like, melodic, tuneful, mid-tempo punk. It's definitely... This song is definitely my favorite song of theirs. I have three out of their four albums. I've heard all four of them. this is it. this is the best song. it's the first song on the album. Um, members of the band went on to form Radioactivity and Mind spiders and I just haven't been able to get into those bands. I saw radioactivity twice and um, I wasn't really feeling it. Mark men, I am feeling it. Any of you guys familiar with
0: this band? I love yeah, this. It's, well, it's just funny that you're dancing around the, the phrase pop punk, because this album is definitely pop punk. This album is so pop punk, right? It's the next album where like they get a little drivier where it's like almost something else, but this is straight pop punk. This is a good record. Dan, you love this.
1: Yeah, I do. And, and I would say, I would agree with you Zach on the next record and, and a little bit beyond, they, they get a little modish as well. Um, almost like channeling the jam to an extent a little bit, but this is so poppy. This song is a great one uh, that Ben's picked. It has this really amazing little, like after the, it does the first verse and chorus, and then it has this like drop out into a really pretty guitar part, you know, and it just kind of vibes really cool. And then it kicks back in and it's just, it's such a feel good song. And then at the end, when it, it really ramps up the chorus, it, it's it's a fantastic song. I'm really glad this is on, on this playlist. Like It's really good.
0: I The next album, the album Ghosts, which I think is their last record, <coughs> I love it so much. And I only discovered this band like maybe like five years ago. And I went back because I'm glad that you chose this band so it's on the list because I love that Ghosts album so much. I'm glad they're mentioned on here. And so I wanted to pick a song from them for this year just to get them on the list, but... I don't like this record that much. Like, I think it's like good, but it's just, it's pretty straight down the middle pop punk where maybe it's really good pop punk. I just don't like straight down the middle pop punk that much if it doesn't have like some sort of edge. And I really feel like that Ghost record, it just has like such an edge. Like, that song Locked Up or Locked In on that record is like top 20 punk song for me. You know what,
1: Zach? I think you're gonna going back and listening to this song in particular. I think you're gonna really like it because of the way the structure of the song is. It it does that like like I say that instrumental break in the middle of the song, and when it comes back in, it it has like a really I don't know passionate passionate way that it ends, and it 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 grabs you.
0: Yeah, I'll check it out again. But like I said, I, I did just listen to it like several times trying to choose a song off it. So I don't know, but yeah, maybe with like it being singled out and not being like, all right, I've narrowed it down to four and then just went, ah, fuck it. You know, <laughs> like maybe like that'll be better. So stoked. This is on here. And yeah, I missed the train on this. And now they're like one of those cult bands where they'll play like South by Southwest and like headline or some shit. Right, Ben.
2: Yeah, totally. I can see them do like doing a reunion and having it be a big deal that I, probably will happen at some point.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, Chris, let's go to you for number five.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take an Outbreak song off of their LP, Failure. Um, all the hi- all their hits, I feel like, are off the 7-inch, um, like the songs that, that go off the hardest live, but this record is actually way better. Like It's infinitely better. As far as like writing and and you know cohesive hardcore, um, they really kind of settled into like a heavy bad brains vibe on this record. Um, not not through and through, but like definitely influence. Um, I'm gonna pick the song A period S period, which stands for antisocial. Um, yeah, it's just a, a ripper of a song, um, like all of their songs are. This is a band that. Uh, w- Champion toured with this band more than any other band like ever. Like, I think probably like Death Threat or Terror were probably like second, but like Outbreak, Outbreak is a band that we played with the second, first time we played with them was kind of a bigger, bigger show with a lot of bands. So we didn't really like meet them at the show, but like, um, you know, a year or so later we played with them in Texas and just instantly fell in love with these kids and like how psyched they were on hardcore and like, just how, how, uh, I don't know. They were just so like punk rock, you know, like they came rolling up to the club, pushing their, their gear in on skateboards, you know, like all shirtless and just like cargo shorts. It just had this vibe of just like, okay, cool. We're here. Like where do we throw all this crappy gear and like, where do we set it up and when do we rock and just go as crazy as we can and throw our instruments around and break things. And, um, and just, then they finish playing and just how many stage dives can I do for every other band that's playing that night? How many times will one of these dudes get knocked out like unconscious by stage diving or like moshing? And it was just like the sickest, this the sickest vibe. And like, we, we actually had like, um, you know, a slogan that we had, had WWOD, like what would Outbreak do, was kind of like our running slogan. Because they they had just like such like a punk rock like ethic of like, do whatever you can, get to the show, rock out as hard as you can, pit as hard as you can for all the other bands. And I just, just loved it. So like ultimate respect to this band. Um, <coughs> yeah, AS, Antisocial.
0: Yeah. Very notable band of the area, hardworking, toured a lot, you know, and just straight up good band and uh, notably from Maine. Right.
3: Yeah. Like, and not even like Portland, like in the middle of nowhere, Maine, like you can't get, if you go to their houses while you're on tour, like you can't get cell reception there because it's like in the woods.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something to that. Right. Like it's cool. Like the vibes of punk people that come from areas like that. Right. It's like, kind of like the modern life is war guys like those dudes, like even though their songs were so like heartfelt and well thought out, like do those kids were like wild men, you know, like Mm -hmm. they were maniacs. Like you would never know from like listening to their music that like, they were, they were like dudes like that, but it's like, cause yeah, they're from small towns and they just want to skateboard and get buck and YOLO, you know?
3: Yeah. And all these kids are like, like Mark Kelly from like breaker breaker was from Maine and he, uh, I I think these kids definitely kind of like came up under his tutelage, you know, like that same kind of vibe, just go to shows, do crazy like PA dives and, and just get wild, but is also just like hilarious, crazy person and um, just fun
0: to hang out with. Total. Uh, Dan or Ben, you want to jump in on this or you want me to take my number six?
2: I'm I'm curious about the town in Maine. They are actually from, I just want to look at it on a map. I, my, my brother lives in Maine. Uh, some of the time. And so I was there last summer and I'm, I'm a big main. Uh, I'm a, uh, he's a maniac. I'm All a right, maniac. Number six.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the, right. town? Let's, know. Know the town? He doesn't know. He said somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Sorry. Bro. All right. We're at 90 minutes. we got two rounds to go. Let's roll. um <laughs> I'm going to take Donny Brooke, the song word is bond off their LP, Lions, in this game. Uh, I just think this is a straight-up perfect hardcore song. Like, this band's good. This is a second LP. Again, I think it's second LP, which is really hard to do. And, yeah, it's just like a straight-up perfect hardcore song. starts with, like, drum chokes with a riff going, you know? Normal-ass hardcore trope that always works. They kick into the verse, but it's pretty sick because right when they go into the verse, the guitar drops out. So it's just like drums and maybe bass it's hard to tell the recording is not spectacular, but uh, there's just a lot of heart that comes through the song. It's like a total, it's like a love note to hardcore, which I love, you know, it's like we can talk all we want about, you know, we should talk about bigger issues and this and that. And we should, but like, we also shouldn't feel guilty about writing songs about hardcore, like, you know, one or two songs, a record when it's such a big part of our life, right? Like hardcore is a huge part of my life. So I love when like bands love it as much as me and when they can write it out eloqu- eloquently, you know, and the lyrics on the song are great. Um, anyway. So after they go fast on the verse, you know, then the guitar kicks for like the second half of the verse, then it goes to like a mid tempo catchy breakdown with like, you know, anytime you got a hook, like a word, is, word is bond, you know, gang vocal sick. And then like the, the last part is like this total, like YOLO wild, like beat down part. Like, it cuts out, and it's like, dun-dun, dun-dun. You know, it's like going to go into some crazy beatdown thing. And then, like, it kind of picks up the tempo, and there's, like, a wild flow going on. This song is, like, full YOLO, and it's, like, a perfect straightforward hardcore song. I absolutely love it. Uh, again, the song is Word is Born from the band Donnybrook, and that's what I got. Anyone have anything on this?
1: Yeah. This song, this song really is YOLO because... the the verses where the drums are like canoning along as the, the bass and guitars like check in and do little bits. That part is so wild sounding, you know? And then like you say that, that um, you think it's, it, I mean, I can never also have enough songs uh, worshiping the core from Corman.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that in part is so ill because like it's a full right turn. Like you think it's going to go this big beat down part because that's how they build it up, but then it goes to like kind of like a bounce part. Is sick. Ben, you were going to jump in and say
2: something. Oh, I I think uh, this may have come out in two thousand five. So let's make sure to uh, take this off the table whenever we end up doing
0: two thousand five. Oh well, here let's let's pull it up because I can take something else if it gets uh, shot down. Oh, you're right. Lions in this game. Oh, five. I was looking. Yeah, you know what it is? It's because I have the LP on my want list. The CD comes out in 05 and the LP comes out in 06. Uh-oh. So it gets pressed on vinyl a year later. So let me strike it for my list.
3: That counts, I think.
0: No, it doesn't. It came out in 05 I mean, on not, CD.
3: Maybe not for Ben, who is a CD first person, but for all of us <laughs> who are a vinyl first person.
0: Well, I got two, so I'm stoked. Let me take, I'll take the Alligators, and I'll take the song You Ruined Everything. It's a title track off their first 7-inch, which is on Indecision Records. And this is so perfect. And for the people that don't know, it's basically instead with a Roger from Agnostic Front singing over it. And this song is just so perfect. It's like a straightforward hardcore song. The recording is so clean and so good. Roger's vocals sound absolutely great. And it's just Fast verse, catchy chorus, fast verse, catchy chorus, big open strum mosh at the end, like a up-tempo youth crew-ish mosh on the hi-hat or the cymbal, and we're out. 59 seconds, perfect hardcore song. Absolutely love it. Ben, you love this band, don't you?
2: I'm a big fan of um, Steve Instead and anything he does. He's a really good dude, And, um, and Rich is a good guy too. I don't know Rich as well. They were both the rhythm section of Instead. And the funny thing is, Rich wrote all these songs and he even wrote the lyrics and even sang the lyrics and would send the recording to uh, Roger Murray and just be like, all right, record your vocals over my vocals and we'll just delete my vocals. And I've heard that stuff, like Steve's played it for me and I'm like, dude, put this shit out as it is. And he's like, but then Roger Murray wouldn't be on it. I'm like, but this sounds really good. So maybe one day you'll be able to hear the rich vocal versions
0: of these songs. Anyone else want to jump in on this or Dan, you want to take your number six?
1: Um, they're on a, I, I didn't check it out at the time that this came out as um, it's, I came to it, you know, like probably like 10 years later or something. Um, but It's a great pick, and I'm sure the rich versions are good, but this has Roger on it. you got to keep Roger.
0: Yeah, and he sounds so good, dude. He does. Yeah. All right, Dan, number six.
1: All right, so I've got got three that I really want on, but I've got to get down to two. So I'm going tragedy the force of law um this song is the second song on the uh, tragedy LP called uh is it nerve damage I believe um, I'm always bad with titles of things um, but it this yeah it's nerve damage this LP is maybe uh, not as good as the two before it, but it's still incredible and it still bodies almost anything else that is around in this lane. Um, This song in particular is just so good. The way that it starts with the, just the and it does that for a bit to where you're like, you're almost like hanging on, like, okay and it keeps building up the drums are getting crazier and crazier and you're like all right when's the vocals gonna come in and then they fucking come in and just go bah! like <laughs> you know that total tragedy like the way he sings like so good and the lyrics to this are incredible I, you know i always uh dive into lyrics when it comes to The bands I like. Even if, you know, even if they're comedic, like Chris pulled the slum laws, they're so well written and they're amazing. I just love when people put lots of effort into them, you know. Um, I think this one is just so good. Just talking about, you know, police state a set you know, a passive police state and just that we're we could have so much more of a life if there wasn't such oppression especially in certain communities on more than others but the it addresses blindly following law out of fear blindly following law out of history you know out of just the the rhythm of obedience and it it's just interesting when these bands present ideas that make you think like, well, what would it be like if we, you know, stood up against these things and and what what could we achieve outside of this system? And and those questions are one of the really, you know, backbone tenets of of what Punk has brought to the table. And I think, uh there's never enough songs like this that make you think about, you know, getting outside of your box, thinking outside of of your life as it is, and uh, you know, just questioning philosophy, just questioning the social systems, and just seeing, you know, do you think there could be something better out there? So, but it's a, an absolute crushing song that goes along with these kind of thoughts as well.
0: I'm stoked that you plucked a song off this record because. I don't think I've ever listened to it because yeah, the MO on this was it's not as good as the other two. And then I think I was just listening to a bunch of other stuff and never bothered, which again was pretty lazy, but this was also before, uh, you know, before streaming and so forth. So you got to decide where you want to spend your resources, right? Yeah. So yeah, I just never, never bothered with this. Chris or Ben, did you ever get into this?
3: I think same for me. I just always went to
0: uh, the first two records. Yeah, yeah. Okay, ben. But, but
3: that's the
1: thing that I, you know, if we think about it, yeah, they're not as good as the first two tragedy records. But also a, a new tragedy record against a bunch of other new stuff this year. You're like, True. oh, actually, I should listen to this.
0: <laughs> right, and also coming off like a a few year gap. Right, there's a gap between the second record and this one. Yeah, you know, we should. I should have been more excited for it. I don't know why. I mean. Yeah, that's silly silly and lazy that I just went along with you know what people said at the time. But I'm super stoked that a uh, track up pulled off this. I'm excited to listen to it on the playlist. And everyone, as a reminder, 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link at the top and listen to the songs we're talking about because that's what it is all about It's the music. It's not about us talking heads. What the fuck are we doing anyway? <laughs>
1: hey, Zach, um, you were just listening to Coup d'etat the entire <laughs> – like 2006 so
0: guaranteed guaranteed i listen to my own band more than anyone else and i still do um because again like you know just touching on that um if you don't believe in your own band then why should anyone else right like don't put shit out there in the world that's not worth you loving if you don't love it why should anyone else give a fuck about it i always thought it was so stupid like you know years ago in the 90s or maybe the 2000s it's kind of done now when people would make fun of people for wearing their own band shirts, you know, like, Oh, that's silly. It's like, why wouldn't I wear my own band shirt, dude? Like, first off, I get it for like five bucks, you know, <laughs> so it's a cheap shirt, you know, and I love my band and it's like free exposure. Like I want to put it out to the world. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you don't ride for your own shit, why should you do else? So that's what I think. Um, Ben, let go to you for your number six.
2: Yeah, my number six is another band from Boston. This is Social Circle, spelled C-I-R-C-K-L-E. Um, the song is called Cut Loose, and it's from their EP Static Eyes. And so they were a band on No Way Records. And so we're going back to that early 80s revival government warning scene. And this song reminds me of the Angry Samoans. It's like this tongue-in-cheek uh song about you know ah, i feel like uh, committing murder tonight got a gun got a knife gonna cut loose gotta kill tonight kind of like you know very much in the vein of lights out by angry Samoans. like ah, i'm gonna poke my eyes out it's like clearly these people are joking but it's like fun and good and um the production choices are very period correct too the guitars are trebly and relatively clean um listening again to this first EP it sounds like tried and true 1.5 like the later records are definitely much faster but still maintain that snottiness. all the records are good but this um, this is a really good one and this is another one that I I think I found out about social circle if they ever if they toured the west coast I found out about them after it had happened but while they were still around and I, I kind of I feel like I kind of missed the boat on them. Um, but they're definitely one of those top bands that were kind of imitating what, not nah, I wouldn't say even imitating, but they're, they're, that were going for the early 80s thing, but really had a good sense of kind of music, songwriting, what made that music so great in the first place beyond just like guitar tone or whatever. And they had that nailed too. So have, have any of you, dived into social circle
0: no is this on spotify yes it is oh stoked no yep. i can't wait to hear it yeah cannot wait to hear it any dan have you heard this before
1: no i haven't and i'm i'm that's a a good um description to whet my
3: appetite hey
0: <laughs> chris have you ever heard of this
3: i've never heard of it
0: right Sorry. on i'm gonna put it on i'm gonna cut loose what's up chris Round number six.
3: someone tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with a Hope Conspiracy song off of Death Knows Your Name. I'm going to take They Know Not, which is the first track on the record. Um, It's a killer song. It starts out with a single single note that uh, reminds me a lot of this song, Promise is Kept, by uh, a band um it has like a, that a similar kind of and then like some um you know the the one guitar holding that note and then some other stuff start to happen and then it just really bangs in it's just a real epic build up uh bang and song and uh this record was just reissued by deathwish um maybe it was like a i guess not 15 years eh, maybe it was 15 years and it came late Anyways, uh, the reissue turned out really awesome. So if you're into this band and you haven't already and there's still some available, pick it up because it's super slick looking.
0: Do you think that they lifted a champion riff?
3: I mean, if not, like, you know, knowingly, clearly, it's just so embedded into their brain that they... Yeah. (laughs)
0: Hey, (laughs) who's I don't know.
3: Like, it's, it's certainly one of those like, huh, interesting. But I mean, you know, I'm sure like, millions of other bands have done that too so it's like you know yeah
1: sure. but with the x up fists and sing-alongs
3: i mean for
0: hope conspiracy for sure <laughs>
3: especially at this period
0: <laughs> uh yeah I- i've spoken hope con enough on whatever matchup dan made so i'm gonna skip Danny, you have anything on this
1: This is, yeah, it's great. And I'm really glad that a Hope Con song is actually getting on one of these Super 7s because that's what we always get blasted in the comments. Like, how could you leave off Hope Con, you know, for every year that we've done where they've released something. Um, This is a great song. This is a good pick by Chris. And um, they really brought it live. I don't know if you ever saw them or... If everyone listening saw them, they, they brought they brought it to you every time. Um, always enjoyed playing with them and seeing them. And uh, I'm psyched that they're on there.
0: Good job, Chris. Yeah, they were definitely always great live. I will say that. You know, it's just I, I can't get into the records. Okay, round seven, heartbreak round. Here we go. I held this off to round seven because I couldn't decide between two songs. So I was hoping that one of you guys would pluck one of them. So I'm going to do a Daniel. I'm going to talk about both, even though you guys still have all your selections to go. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I'm taking the vows. Of course, one of the most underrated hardcore seven inches ever came out this year. Self-titled seven inch. Um, The song back from the deads is like a straight up perfect hardcore song. Uh, it's a fast song youth group mosh the end where they hit like the perfect tempo where like it's slow enough to be like moshy, but it's fast enough to be like up tempo and raging punk. And it's super catchy and great, but I'm going to choose fall in their lines because dude, it's them rocking the scissor beat. They're going full YOLO scissor beat verse chorus, verse chorus, and then catchy breakdown at the end. Same thing, hit the perfect tempo, and they're out. So this 7-inch, the whole thing rules, but these two songs are like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 hardcore songs. Everyone needs to check this band out. It's one of the most underrated hardcore bands, in my opinion. And, I mean, it makes sense that it's underrated, right? They only put out four songs ever. But this is fucking spectacular. Played like two shows, maybe? Two or
3: three?
0: Yeah, there you go. So blame you guys. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm still just on the list. Um, And that's it, but I'm going fall in their lines by the band. The vows self-titled seven inch indecision records, 2006. What up, Dan, how do you feel about this? And which song would you have taken if you're not going to take the other one?
1: Um, I was going to take the, or I would have taken the one that you did uh, fall in lines. It's so, so good. Um, The, this is a criminally underrated, but like Chris said, they only played or th- three shows, possibly. Mandel's like, hey, great. <laughs> thanks. No, just kidding.
3: <laughs> we had a record uh, release show where we just gave away our records. Oh, we didn't sell double, one. Double,
1: just... double thanks
3: from Mandel. <laughs> I mean, they were our personal copies, but...
1: Yeah, but the... um. The thing about this is these are all amazing people coming together to do an amazing band. And you know what? This is recorded in 2006. Every single member of the band is still straight Edge. The vows still matter.
0: So good. It's time to get the band back together. What's up? All right, Dan, let's go to you uh, with your number seven heartbreaker Room. Oh,
1: it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to land on this one. I'm going hard skin. We are the wankers. This is so catchy. It is so good. And, you know, like I said, I like well-written lyrics when they are, even if they're funny. This is a funny song that is talking about all the the bankers taking over London and these are the, you know... (laughs) Hardskin are the wankers that are like uh threatening to crush their skulls in and etc. throw them off their million dollar yachts on the Thames and like make them sink to the bottom. It's a really hard skin are always funny. Like there's two tongues in their cheek uh for every single like song that they put out, but they know how they are students of the Oi game. They're older dudes that have been around since like original like Oi pretty much. Like maybe, you know, they were very young around that time. But they've, you know, live in London, uh, Fat Bob, the bass player, has very funny like old YouTube videos on Vice of being the angry record dude that works at Rough Trade and just talks shit on a ton of stuff. It's really funny. Um but this song is so catchy we are we are the wankers it's so good i think everyone who's not heard it yet that is going to and you know listen to this playlist motherfuckers i think they're gonna really enjoy this this is so catchy and i absolutely love it it was uh, released this year on a seven inch that came out of japan it's a hard one to find but one two three four go the record store up here in oakland they repressed it in like 2012, I think, something around that time. So you can you can definitely get it for cheap compared to um, the expensive twenty five dollar plus version that came out of Japan in 2006. And speaking of one two three four go, I saw Hard Skin play in the back room there, and it. Mu- and I've seen so many great shows in that venue. Like I've seen, you know ceremony play there, which is always amazing. I've seen so many good bands, but I think I had the most fun ever at the Hardskin show. It was just the vibe, the, the crowd was just loving it and just they just brought it. It's amazing. So Hardskin, we are the wankers.
0: Yeah, and this is the Hardskin song where they shout out to uh Stinky Turner of one eighty five miles south uh trivia fame.
1: Yep. Shout out Stinky, shout out Smelly.
0: Yep, that's right. All right. Um, Chris, do you have anything on this, or should we send it to Ben for his uh, Heartbreaking pick?
3: Yeah, I'm yeah. not as familiar with this record, uh, but I think we've talked before about how like Tsunami is to beat down what hard skin is to Oi. You know, like two tongues in cheek, uh, very much students of the game. You know, it's not satire, it's just... You know, turned up to eleven, like the style that they love, and uh, and it, and it makes it awesome. And I think they're also similar in that it's kind of chaotic. Like there's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like people yelling over each other at times in ways that like make make it just sound like chaos. And
1: Shout awesome. out one eighty five.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: And let's go to you. Number seven.
2: All right. Uh, For number seven, I am picking a song by a band called rabies. Uh, The song is called you're going to blow it. You're going to blow it. It's from their disease core EP. They are a self defined disease core band. They're one of one. That's the genre. They're the only ones that belong to the genre. These dudes were from Venice and South Santa Monica and Mar Vista, like West LA area, and they were they're about 10 years younger than me. They're full on into pool skating and black flag worshiping. It's kind of like the 90s never happened for these kids. Um and this is like the most California thing you'll ever hear. If you think Frosty's accent is Cali incarnate, listen to this record. Um It's like, it's like if the jealous again, 12 inch stood up, started walking, jumped on a skateboard and punched people in the face as it rode down the street, not doing kickflips. Um, the laughing in the choruses rules. It's like, you're going to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) Move aside. Spicoli. SoCal has a new mayor and I'm still in touch with, uh, with the singer, um, Harley, Isaac Rother. And, um, He's a really good dude, and he's a a real historian of music. Like he had did a whole podcast about the history of the Ramones, and I know Pops always talks about how he loves that kind of like limited series podcast about like one band.
0: But these all like a historian, eh? Did what he said. I said he's a historian. He said, here he, here he. It was the year 2006 when the band Rabies, mm-hmm. a disease core band, played with bad reaction on several shows."
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you're gonna okay. blow it. That's the name of uh, that's the name of the song. I don't expect that any of you had had ever heard this song, but they were they were a band that was around L.A. at the time, and and uh, I got to see them a lot of times, so it was cool.
0: Is this on Spotify? Yes. Yes, it is. Stoked. Stoked. Yeah, everyone, get your shit up on streaming, you know? Uh, That rules, because, yeah, I want to check it out. I'm stoked it's on the playlist. Like, again, the main reason why I love doing these Super 7s on these years is there's always, like, five or six songs i never heard, and I'm stoked. Because, like, even if it's a band, like, not in a genre that I enjoy, like, you're choosing the choice cut of this band, there has to be like some merit to that song, right? So like I absolutely love this stuff. I'm stoked to hear this. Definitely have not heard it. And uh I doubt Dan or Chris did either. Sorry if I'm assuming. But uh Chris, let's go to you for your number seven.
3: Uh I'm gonna take a vow song too. Um Hell yeah. I was in this band, but uh I didn't record on this full disclosure. Uh <laughs> although was asked to be the singer at one point and declined to go eat some pizza, um, <laughs> hang, out with, hang out with the homies. <laughs> uh, but it's probably, you know, for the better because obviously Pettibone, you, you know, when no, no one can top Pettibone, he's got those pipes, the golden pipes. Uh, I'm going to pick the song speak to truths. Uh, all four of these songs were super fun to play live, but this one was the one that I had the most fun playing live. It's just so hard. And, like, the, the breakdown at the end is just kind of, like, I don't know. It's just so, like, stompy and, like, you know, just one of those songs where I would just bleed my fingers, like, smashing the stri- strings, you know? So um, it was a fun band to play in. Like I said, we only played, like, two or three shows, uh, put out the seven inch of the four songs, wrote some songs that I thought were even better. Sadly, never got recorded. Um, but yeah, I love every person in this band. Like I wish that I could see them all more. You know, we always talk about, wouldn't it be cool to play again? Cause everyone, you know, like Dan said, everyone still loves hardcore. Every single person in the band still loves hardcore is still straight edge. We're just, <laughs> there's one in St. Louis, one in San Diego, uh, one in Canada, one in Seattle and one in, uh, San Luis
0: Obispo now. So. Have to do the first step thing, yeah, hell yeah. Well, it's never too late, dude. You guys aren't going anywhere, you know. And if you can still jump three feet, you know, now it'll still be good. You can Jump two feet in five years.
3: I I will say I will be more surprised if we never play
0: again than than I would be if we do play again. That's what I want to hear, dude. That's what's up. All right, let's do honorable mentions. I will. Go first, okay. Honorable mentions: Retaliate, Four No One, Retaliate, Times of Change, Retaliate, Infamy, Tomorrow Lays in Ash, In My Life, Choice Zero's World in Shambles, and Dead and Gone. And we'll go to Dan for honorable mentions.
1: <laughs> dead and Gone was almost my choice, but I went Born to Lose instead. Um, I will just list a few records that I think from this year that definitely should be checked out. Um. I'm going to say the Das Oath 7-inch, the um, First Blood California. Um, God, The Last Priest self-titled release came out this year. Very, very good. Uh, Mind Eraser, No Turning Back, Holding On. So good. Uh, European Warzone Terror, if you've never heard them. Give them a chance. They're from Holland. So fucking good and so nice also, to everyone who comes
3: out. Yeah, and also still doing it, still like they're like the terror of Europe. Like they've been doing it for two decades and are not showing any signs of stopping anytime soon. They love it. They do they live it.
1: Hey, they're no turning back. You know? <laughs> um some girls shout out Rob. Um, that's Heaven Heaven's Pregnant Teens came out this year and um Triple Threat, the uh which I always thought was a bit of a a bit of a um kind of ego maniacal name because you know, oh we got three dudes from X bands, you know, calling themselves Triple Threat, but it's it's pretty good. And uh the first step, what we know, it's already been discussed by Ben, but that was on my list. So good.
0: Hell yeah. Dan, honorable mentions.
2: Uh criminal damage LP, which was talked about by Dan. Bad Reaction, my band, Symptoms of Youth LP. Uh Hear ye, hear ye. Uh Car- Car- Carbonas. <laughs> Carbonas, the self-titled LP, which is not on Spotify, although there is a self-titled LP that is on Spotify. That's not this album. I don't get it. Um Bad Antics, self-titled EP, also not on Spotify. Instead, their cover of Dagnasty's One to Two, which is on the They Came for Your Milk Money compilation that came out this year. So, this is the last recorded Instead song. In Defense, this is a band from the Midwest who is kind of jokey, hardcore band. They have lots of records, even that came out this very year. They have lots of records uh retaliate coup d'etat lp champion betrayed split never healed violent minds split ep not on spotify the band justice from belgium the up and down push it to the edge uh seven inch annihilation time the cosmic unconsciousness ep that the vows self-titled and triple threat into the darkness lp and i never got i never figured out i never never even asked why they were called triple threat i didn't I didn't know that, that that's because it refers to three of the members of the band. But anyway, they were cool, Tim's cool. Uh got to see them this very year. Open for bold. Actually, Bad Reaction played that show too. So that's what I got.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chris, honorable mentions.
3: Uh yeah, first and foremost, if criminal damage, if that record was on Spotify, I would have taken that song Dan took. Number one overall, I would have snaked his ass. But, uh, I didn't, it isn't. So I didn't, um, (laughs) some things that I don't think people have mentioned yet. Uh, Amy Winehouse, back to black, the whole record back to back is phenomenal. Uh, the sounds queen of apology, seven inch picture disc or the Tony, the beat seven inch anything off those, uh, get the most common goals. Seven inch is a banger. Look back and laugh. Street terrorism. Yes, time to escape. Seven inch in stride. Seven inch, uh, another a Northwest great in stride was from Canada. Uh, pulling
0: teeth, vicious skin. Hell yeah! Two thousand six, pretty banging year, dude. I enjoy it, and uh, yeah, any sort of final thoughts, anyone? Dan, we can go to you.
1: It it's a surprising, uh, nice mining of the past, revisiting stuff that. You know, we always talk about how f- probably like 1998 to 2007 ish. That's like a somewhere in there. There's a lot of stuff that gets forgotten, and this is uh, just such an awesome thing to go back and do. That's why I love the Super Sevens. It just it it gets you out of listening to the same stuff that you listen to all the time to. Like research this stuff and like really dive into a year, and it makes you just dig up gold. I love it.
0: Yeah. Closing thoughts, Ben.
1: Um, This is a year that, I
2: mean, it really only takes a handful of records to make a year kind of a good year for hardcore. You know, the first step LP, the Government Warning LP, we're already you know on a good path there with those two. So I thought this was like. Surprisingly, a good year because when we did the 2001, I found that to be surprisingly a disappointing year, and I never would have thought that 2006 would be a better year than 2000. But uh, apparently, it is. At least in my opinion.
0: Oh, there's like a helicopter with a lot of background noise. Uh, Chris, final thoughts.
3: Um. Yeah, I'll just add like 2000. 2000- and 2007 are cool too I I noticed like when I was going through the records there were a bunch that just missed the cut because they either were reissues that I didn't want to take from the previous year or um, you know just missed it into the next year so just good air, good air a lot of good stuff going on uh, with a lot of different sounds
0: yeah when it comes to 05 don't be jacking my Donnie Brook pick what's up yeah. okay uh, Daniel where can people find you
3: at Southport
1: Instagrammer on Instagram and at Redwood Regional Park Walking Reggie.
0: All right. And Ben, where can the people find you? At Cold Chillin' Book
2: on Instagram and at Apsara Coffee Shop
3: in San Marino, California.
0: <laughs> and Chris, where can the people find you?
3: Uh, Chris Williams 51 on Instagram and Twitter or uh, maybe running around some mountains somewhere uh, driving up to San Francisco for shows or down to LA for shows because there aren't any in San Luis
0: Obispo so far, but I'll see you there. All right. And everyone, you can get me Zach Retaliate on Instagram 185 miles south on Instagram. Also, you know, Retaliate is the best on Instagram. And if you got something well thought out, hit me up. 185 miles south at gmail.com. Love all the feedback. We love all of you and uh, check Instagram later this week and we will post our list. You can vote on them, but for now you got to go to 185 miles Click that playlist link and listen to these songs. 2006 killer year for hardcore. Like every year can't stop. Won't stop. We'll talk to you next Monday. Bye-bye.